Hello and welcome. You have found the Crackpot Cassette, official podcast of Austin's Pizza and Tom's Tabbouleh. My name is J.D. Torian. I am the host. I'm also the owner of both. Tom's will soon be the tabbouleh. We will cover that in a later episode. Today we have full service rock band from Austin. They are friends of the company. We're kind of formed at Austin's Pizza and have a lot to say about what we want to talk about today, which is getting stuff done and creating something. I, I used the podcast as an example. We've wanted to do this for two years to better connect to the community. More importantly, better connect to our employees, kind of tell them what we're all about, what I'm all about, and maybe they'll better understand how things work within the company, because we are really big. Half of our struggle is trying to keep something so big, so local. And we do have that local feel, and we, we meaning I, I desperately want to keep it. So the full-service guys are the perfect ones to explain something like this. They're a local band. They're always creating stuff. They come up with new things to do. They have their own festival. They're real clever guys. Here is a cut from their new record. I thought that would be like a really good official radio slash podcast style thing to do. And it is good. They have two songs on this record that are named after people. One is Tim Roberts. One is Phil Collins. Those are the tracks I've, for whatever idiotic reason, gravitated to. Here is a bit of Tim Roberts. To what the interview is about, we go through the John Cleese thing. So he he says creativity is people who do. And to create properly, you have two modes. You have the open mode, which is where you sit down, you excise all distractions, and you get into your mode and you create. And for a definite amount of time, at some point, the buzzer goes off and you're done creating. And then you you in effect, close that down and go into the close mode, which is all business. You've taken and you've created this thing, and now you have to go about the business of getting it out there. Anyway, here's the interview, part one. Great guys. Gosh, we sure do love them. Full service. Bonesaw and Hope. You'll hear also that, that we didn't get it properly introduced because hilariously and cassette-wise, that's what happens you run out of tape and you only get 30 minutes. What's nice about this is you also have like 30 minutes and 30 minutes. So it's not this endless loop of right. you can just record forever and keep it running yeah. and yeah. you have to stop. It's 30 point. minutes aside? 
Well, this is, you know, 60-minute tape. Yeah, couldn't get a 90-minute tape. Well, this was my best tape I had. <laughs> so I just want you to know. This is like a 20-year-old tape? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's new old stock. I get them from Antone's next door. Oh, perfect. Oh, but it's new not old like stock. it's the Got first it. time it's been used. Yes, okay. it's out of the the wrappers here. Cool. Anyway, anyway, the wrapper's not important, is it? <laughs> so this is um, this is like a mission shield. statement type deal. This for what you're gonna the do. Beginning yeah. of it is. Yeah. So my idea for the first podcast is. To get started, talk about getting the podcast started. And I think we have a company, especially pizza, so transitional that it's probably not a lot of kids sat around when they were young thinking about someday I'm going to work in a pizza shop. They may say, like, someday I might work in a pizza shop, but it's not the dream. Yeah. So everybody's kind of got that in them where... The, the guy, the other guy, I think it's somewhere in the notes that this guy who wrote The War of Art says that basically there's the person within the person and what, what stops that person from doing what they really want to do is internal resistance. And it's the force that stops you from make. In your case, you guys could be doing something else right instead of doing what you really want to do which is rock right <laughs> and <Bingo>. <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> so but but like what so that's what it, what it's about like what what was how did you get to to do this instead of having a, a more typical job and then how do you keep producing content how do you get started what happens when you get stuck, and how do you finish? You just stay open to it long enough so that you're sort of passively in open mode. Right. And it'll, you'll pick up bits and pieces here, and you'll be just sort of blessed with something falling in your lap. But it's really an entire two years of energy packing towards that moment. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It, so what you're referring to is the, the John Cleese talk he did a long time ago. And it's referenced throughout here, and there's little clips uh, throughout the podcast of him talking about being creative and how to do something with it. Creativity is not an ability that you either have or do not have. It is, for example, and this may surprise you, absolutely unrelated to IQ, provided you're intelligent above a certain minimal level, that is. But McKinnon showed in investigating scientists architects, engineers, and writers, that those regarded by their peers as most creative were in no way whatsoever different in IQ from their less creative colleagues. So in what way were they different? Well, McKinnon showed that the most creative had simply acquired a facility for getting themselves into a particular mood, a way of operating, which allowed their natural creativity to function. And I, I, I had these moments where, like, I'd be in the office and I'd be doing something that was clearly open mode, and Maddie would come and I'd just go berserk. 
Like, because he does say you have to be alone yeah. and you have to do this. And if you're building that. Or with like your team of like open mode friends. Right. They're doing the same thing. But essentially alone or like in the zone with other people doing that. But it makes Sorry a lot of sense, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, of just separating those two because you have to be closed and businesslike to get what you've just created through and done and, and you know, usable. Yeah, we'll have times like, and this is Hogue speaking. Um, I'm here with my brother, Bonesaw, by the way. We're in a band together. And so... I would have already said all that. Okay, <laughs> good. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're, um, we're, mid, we're in the middle of the podcast here. You've already done this intro spiel. Yeah, well, this is, yeah, you, you guys... This is our segment in the middle. Of the yeah, you're the main feature. Okay, gotcha. okay. So we'll have times, this is Hoke speaking, where if we don't, if we haven't sort of created that space and time, like Cleese says, to have that creative and open mode environment, there'll be times when we just can't have, we can't create that space or time. We're just working like sort of on the fly from the house. And one of us will be in open mode and one of us will be in closed mode. So I'll be in open mode doing something in the wing, which is an effort on our part to create a space separate from the house where you can have the time to do that. And he'll come in or I'll come in to like get something from the kitchen and he'll ask me to do the dishes. And like you, I'll just fucking freak out. <laughs> You're like, I'm in open mode. Don't bother me now. Shut the door behind me. And it's like, I remember having a conversation with you. Like, I just don't want to worry about dishes right now, man. The dishes can wait. And you're like, we got to do our life things, too. And that's, you know, it's, it's a constant struggle. Well, that's what, you, what you're talking about, I think, is one thing that works for us and has worked for us. And I just started thinking about this, this issue specifically because you emailed us the other day about it. But also, I just watched that video. But... uh as far as how we get through resistance periods are allowed to happen is a lot of like symbiotic stuff uh, that Hogan and I do together that, that kind of allows it to happen. Like what he's referring to is the last two weeks to get our album, most recent album out. And we had finally set, I finally set a hard deadline because we we're going to do a release and it was a live webcast and stuff. So we had to get that done. And there was about two or three weeks to do it. And Hogue does the mixing on our record. So he had like about two weeks to do it interrupted by a tour well several weeks and then interrupted by a tour and then really two weeks crunch time and just kind of unconsciously it sort of went into like uh hogue was in that open zone of of that john cleese refers to of being creative but also like really productive creative because you were doing a lot of like busy work in there too while you know mixing requires that and i was like facilitating you know like like redoing the the brand and like doing the website again and like getting all the logistical things together for the broadcast and, like, doing your dishes and your laundry and shit. Excuse my language. Man, sorry. Come we on. So, you've arranged to take no calls. You've closed your door. You've sat down somewhere comfortable. You've taken a couple of deep breaths, and if you're anything like me, after you've pondered some problem that you want to turn into an opportunity for about 90 seconds, you find yourself thinking, oh, I forgot... I've, I've got to call Jim. Oh, and I must tell Tina that I need the report on Wednesday and not Thursday, which means I must move my lunch with Joe and damn, I haven't called St. Paul's about getting Joe's daughter an interview and I must pop out this afternoon to get Will's birthday present and those plants need watering and none of my pencils are sharpened and right, I've got too much to do, so I'm going to start by sorting out my paper clips and then I shall make 27 phone calls and I'll do some thinking tomorrow when I've got everything out of the way. 
because, as we all know, it's easier to do trivial things that are urgent than it is to do important things that are not urgent, like thinking. And it's also easier to do little things we know we can do than to start on big things that we're not so sure about. My we were in opposing open modes. You know, like, and <laughs> well, it's sort of our role to do sometimes. I mean, there's times when we're both operating creatively and collaboratively. But I, I, think that's why, I think that's why it works sometimes. Uh, part of how, how full service works is, uh, or a lot of companies, I'm sure, or bands, is that you have the team that sort of works in that way. We have an advantage of being brothers and sort of having like a kind of codependent relationship anyway in some ways. Not, I mean, in a good way. And so it allows like that to happen. It allows things to be progressing um, with, you know, in one aspect of the band, like promoting this, the release of the album in this case, and then uh, while some of the creative stuff is also happening. But uh, I just, that, yeah, that's a good point. The, uh, I love the part where Cleese is talking about like those five rules and right. the time and space and play thing and the childlike state thing. Right. Because it occurred to me that that's pretty much, we've started, it's exactly what we've been doing every January for the last like three years. Yeah, so you guys Two are really systematic about so, it. Yeah, so there's a time in January, we skip, we, it's going to be every other one, but we have a, there's a place that my family, like everybody in the family kind of, goes in on this house in Martha's Vineyard. It's an island up off the coast of Massachusetts. Just like any normal band. Yeah. You repair to Martha's <laughs> well, <you know>. Vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> you go. Just 2,000 miles away to an right. island in the yeah, middle yeah. of winter. Yeah, I mean, it's sure. pretty posh, but it could be, it could be, you know, it could be any space, really. That happens to be right. a really nice In <laughs> space Texas, we just go house. to Kerrville or something. Right. <laughs> Get a, like a little rental in, in Wimberley or something. But the idea is the same. And what we're basically we're doing was... Speaking of a childlike state, I mean, first of all, we were giving ourselves time. We gave ourselves a month, and we didn't have any distractions. That was our space, too, away from everybody else. Right. And then... And just going, you two, right? Yeah, just yeah. us two. And the childlike state, I mean, basically what we were attempting to create, but we never talked about explicitly, was reverting to our... 12 to like 18 year old selves where all we had to worry about was like jamming and then at the end of the jam playing sega madden yeah, 94 that's what we were creating the play space that john cleese talks about i get that a lot like when people really walk into my office and they're like does a 12 year old live here and that that i feel like <laughs> yeah, is you, compliment you, you do right, have oh, that yeah. vibe a little bit I'd Wh say. what's what's more successful than that because they're they're any and it all translates to what i do I think business-wise, you can make a case that Austin's Pizza and everything else, Tom Sabuli is wildly successful. But you could also make a case that I'm an idiot. It just <laughs> depends on how you, you look at stuff, right? But that, there are certain things like having my office and the other people in our main office enjoy that it's, it's a few blocks away and I do too. And it's that we, we do, I probably get, not a lot of hours of work done there, but but because it's like that, and I have this separate little desk that I go to and do my work, and then I get I just burn through everything, you know. And I don't know that. I, I wish I had the chance to divide it up like you guys did, where where you could go, go somewhere, 
and and kind of get in the environment that that you always where you originally started creating, which I guess hasn't changed that much, right? Not really. Well, I think well, one thing that I think we had to do it in that way because I think by necessity, one of the products that our that our a band has to create is like a, a creative product, you know, right. like this album, like something like the song has to be written and recorded and it has to be done. So I think it would be harder to just to justify quote unquote doing that or to actually do it if that was only like like kind of the mission of the band, you know, like right. like for example, like you. Uh, with Tom Sabuli Ross's pizza, you know, you have those things that are like, like having shows here, regular shows, and like the decor and like the vibe you set and stuff. That's a key part of it, but it's not like inherently like one of the main. I don't know. You know what I'm getting at? One of the main foundations yeah. that it's built on. So you might have a harder time blocking out a huge amount of time just to do that style stuff because it still is right. like you know. And whereas also- being in a band, like you have to have a song, you know, you right? Have to have so like an album, and, and that's like if that. do you. Um, in in the book that I mentioned, the the war the war of art, he talks about inspiration and and do you sit around and wait for it or do you like Stephen King would do? He just sits down at every day at eight in the morning and everybody knows from eight to two, don't bug Stephen because he's up in that room typing away. Yeah. And being inspired, and it's like that's what Cleese is talking about: manufacturing that inspiration. Yeah, that's why it's time and time. Yeah, time and yeah. time is smart because you have to get time to get into the mode of. Yeah. of well, about two things about the the the, the Cleese thing is on my mind because I just watched it a lot. Right, but uh, two things that were notable for me listening, watching it is mostly most of what I thought about. Uh, when I was watching, and was talking about creative open space, was about like being create creativity and how we uh, do everything except the music part of it, like the marketing of it, or like the ideas that might that might give us another boost. Things like in the past, like the takeover tour or the circus, or like right. uh, you know these these house concerts before anybody was doing house concerts, stuff like that. Right. I, that's what I was thinking. About. I wasn't thinking about the music part and like the extra creative of the art part. Which I'm sure that's what mostly what Hogue was thinking about. Absolutely. Which is partly our roles, even though I create a lot of the music, but uh, as well. But um, I think part of that it, it, for our band in particular is that we've never had management, we've never had agents and stuff, and all these. It's always just been us, and so we've had to do a lot of the roles of those things for whatever reason. Uh, and so for me, the the struggle is more like um, how. Well, what am I trying to say? The, the creative part, like the actual music creative part, is just, it's like the dessert, at least for me. It's like that, right. that stuff, it's almost like we don't, we don't intention, we intentionally don't jam together just in the creative open space that much because the outflow is too much and it's almost like overwhelming. So like, right. in Martha, yeah. like the first Martha's Vineyard jam session we had, we wrote the entire album in two evenings of jamming. So it was like yeah. we had like a year and a half of like not doing what we used to do as high, as high schoolers, which is, or early college. We would just get in the room and just jam out and see what right. happens. Which was sort of a bummer because not like, not like, oh, it only took us like two days to come up with an attack. It was a bummer because it was like, oh, man, we only, that was like, it happened so fast. Like, I want to play some more. <laughs> so, now, now the other side starts where you yeah. got to like, where he talks about like, there's sort of like an, in a transition from open mode to closed mode operating, but closed mode can still be part of the creativity. It's more like just the grunt work and stuff. It, it bummed but me out too, except that, except that I think the way that we condensed it so much and we, and like the time when we spend 
just jamming me and you is so relatively small, like minuscule compared to everything else we do with the band that it's like, it seems like when it happens, it's like has to happen. And it's always really the condensed best stuff. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so there's kind of an advantage to it. And we really protect that time. You save up. Yeah. And it's like protecting like, I mean, it's like, we don't, so we don't do it the everyday kind of deal like a Stephen King. It's just the way that our band works because we have so right. much else to do. It's that like, it's a really, really, really small percentage of the time. But it ends up being like the, the super condensed. But like one of the things I know, one of the quotes that, that really stuck with me was when he said, it's easier to do trivial things that are urgent than mm-hmm. it is to do important things that are not urgent, like thinking. Right, and that that period of time where you you feel like you're not really doing anything, but it's just sort of the like the it's sort of being born like you with the podcast. For, you had like a stretch of time where it was just you must have felt like oh, I've had this idea for a while. It's just not happening. But there's that that's part of it. Like there's several like I watch The West Wing a lot, and partly I watch it because it's so inspiring. Because the people, the characters in The West Wing are just kicking ass all the time, and they're Right. They're putting themselves in that mode to get things done. But one of the one of the greatest scenes was the speechwriter Toby in the show was uh supposed to be working on his speech and he was in one of his colleagues found him in a bar and he was shooting pool. And the guy's like, well, Aren't you supposed to be working on your speech? And he like takes a shot and looks up and he's like, I am working on my speech. Right. You know? And I was like, Yeah, he's right. Even when you're not working on it, you're staying a little bit open. And so the sort of terrifying part of it, and I think what's really, really difficult for everybody who's involved in stuff that all of us do or creative stuff uh, or running a business um, is not knowing when, like how much is a safe amount to let be open and creative and how much you have to, you really should be devoting to uh, making it happen. Because if you don't make it happen, nothing's going to happen. And if you know, but if you don't give enough time to the open stuff, you're not going to get those ideas and the content to do it. And I think that that's like, that's that is like uh, very difficult for me. But I think I'm able to do it enough that we have some success. But uh, it's a constant, um, not stressor, but it's something I'm constantly thinking about. Or it's a little bit back there, like a kind of like an itch. You know, like we've recently had the battle, like we've been putting out so much content recently and we have a lot of great content and we're in a world right now where like content is like a, a fire hose, as they say, you know, right. from everybody. And we have a little bit of battle of like, hey, we need to like stop with the content a little bit now and work with the content we've got. Otherwise, right. what we do a lot of bands do, which is just the easier thing is to make an album than it is to like make sure people are hearing it and promote it and put yourself out there. And so... Uh, it's just, really hard to find out when that line is to like transition. I know, you know but, just, but you you said like you mentioned Stephen King's approach where he has a every day he has devoted time, and you don't really identify with that bone saw. But I think I do a little bit more. Like that's why I'm up, sort of obsessed with content creating because I I like to do a little bit of it every day, and. Even if it's just like, I mean, it helps to even have like drum students come over because they, this one kid in particular I was mentioning earlier with the tape machine, he, uh, he's just a really creative dude. He's like 19. He comes over. What's different about him is he doesn't come over for an hour. He comes over for two and a half hours. Oh, wow. So it's like, same thing with, you know, Cleese building in 30 minutes to sort of warm up to creativity. 
I mean, we, I, there is that 30 minutes in this lesson with that kid. And then we have the rest of the time. Well, the line I was trying to draw with you yesterday, because Hoke had an, a cool guitar riff song idea and was going to record it and try to put it out. And I was like, is is just record it. squashed it. I squashed it, but only oh, I said record it and just put it in our in our vault. Because we have this sort of vault that we always go back to and it just grows. And then and, right. then, and then we kind of take some of those. That That's kind of what I feel like is the long process towards those. Do you use it? Those. Do you use the vault? Yes. Do you go back to it? Like before, getting ready for the Martha's Vineyard trip, we would listen to all this, you know, it's song ideas 2010 to 2013. And then that's, I think that's why our time creating is so juicy and condensed because of all the work that goes into the vault. And I was just trying to put a little check on you to saying, I think that, that that time spent creating is awesome, but it doesn't all need to go out because then it's going to take, you know, con- you know, focus away from uh, all the other stuff we've put yeah, out. whatever. More just because of the, of the day and age <laughs> we live in, you know? Like, as a band now, bands back in the day didn't have that many ways to put out content. That's true. And that was, that was you could look at that as a bad thing, but right now it's kind, it, it's, it was kind of a good thing because it made the content you put out more special. Nowadays, we can put out a documentary, a video, a podcast, like all these things, which is cool. We just need to find the line of like, what is the right stuff to put out? Yeah, that's tough. I, I mean, it, it's hard to make and finish, but then it's hard to figure out what to, like what to, I've got to pick through this interview and figure out what to put in. Or I may just put the whole thing in. Yeah. Like we were talking about. Now that I'm thinking about it, we probably should do a proper introduction, which we'll do at the end. So what, <laughs> then, what, like, what do you start start chopping? And what? And there's the same. It's the same thing with me. It's like four real estate agents call in one day, and every site they have makes sense. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, what does that do to the staff? Do we have enough people? What about the area? If I divide this area in half, and it is creative thinking because you kind of have to look at a map and say where are we going to go next and what are we going to do how are we going to do it how are we going to tell these people what you tell somebody in Pflugerville about Austin's Pizza is very different from what you tell an 18 year old student from Houston about Austin's Hmm. Pizza and now especially you just get clubbed over the head with Austin 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 and this is what it is and it's this where three years ago if you would have said Austin's a food town People are like, what, what are you talking about? It's a music town, and that's what it's about. Hmm, that's a good point. And now it's about food, and it's, it's not really about music. I mean, we, I experienced that in the room we're sitting in right now, by the way. We're recording at Tom's Tabuli in the stage room, and we have a blues band every Tuesday that is fantastic. We just started after a year getting students in here. Hmm. And... It, it's not, Man. we're next to Antone's Records. You guys are looking at Eco Clean, which used to be Antone's The Nightclub. Hmm. And, and, and so that, it all goes into the mix of like, what do you do next? And how do you, how do you, how do you deal with a town that's so into food, but we're not a foodie company. Like neither Tom's Tabuli, which is packaged, or Austin's Pizza. Austin's Pizza is every Friday night kind of... Huh. Let's get some pizza. Yeah. Let's do yeah. something better, and let's get Austin's pizza. And since you're at the helm, you, we have similar issues about like, you know, you're you're working for yourself. You have this operation. There's a million things you could always be doing. When do you stop? Right. What ideas do you go with? What do you not go with? 
because there's so many ways you can you can have content or be creative about promoting your business or bringing new aspects to it like music to the food or you know joining the two the two venues you have somehow or whatever or working with the town here like I don't I can't imagine how you how you deal with the fact that there's a Pflugerville store and a and a South Lamar store and how do you how does the company stay consistent right it's how, how do you and how do you keep it local too and not seem corporate I was talking to when we first bought the company and I was going around talking to folks and it, it had been about a year and I asked this driver, what do you like most about the company? He's like, says some kind of gimme answer. And I say, what do you like the least? He says, well, it's too corporate. <laughs> I said, your checks used to bounce and stuff like that. You, you guys, <laughs> every other Friday, everyone would get their checks and race off somewhere and wow. and Nuco, you telling me it's too corporate because all the paperwork and stuff. I'm sitting here. It's me asking you yeah. this question. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's that's the opposite, opposite of corporate. <laughs> I worked for Austin's Pizza. This is Hogue. I worked for Austin's Pizza like Pre- twelve G- years ago, Pre- G- way era. before you. Now let me ask you a question. Is it accurate to say? That without Austin's Pizza, there would be no full service as it is today. It is completely right. accurate as it is today. Many there of the members be, have worked there. Many yeah, sponsorship, we, you know, events and everything. We met our first bass player. We met uh, Smell, who works there. We've had several events that we've cross-pollinated on. But, um, yeah, I went, back then they used to say, that's all I heard, was people talking about how corporate it was. And it was like, jeez. You got to go to an actual like big corporate situation to get corporate because this is this is fine. <laughs> I, I mean, right, and that's part of the reason you know people like why why do you want to do a podcast? It's like well, a number one, people don't open their checks anymore, so there's nothing to staple a newsletter to. Hmm. But B, I I, hmm. I do want folks to know, and and it's this whole the whole way the podcast is written out. Maybe if you see what my work method's like and what it took me to get here and create this podcast, Mm -hmm. then you can apply it to the way the decisions of the company are made, and maybe that can make some sense. And also putting a voice with a a name and JD. You know what's cool about it, too, is that it's just a voice. Right, it's not a face. It's just a voice. <laughs> the voice That's of the Austin right. Pizza God. Well, hey, one thing you said at the beginning of this next segment we just talked about was uh, getting into the podcast. Now you're realizing we should do an intro, so we'll do that after. You know what I right. mean? Right. And I think as far sticking on the theme of the artistic resi- resistance thing, and and what Cleese said was, you know, at some point you got to pick the things, something you're going to do, and you, whatever you've created in your mind, and then actually like execute it. And uh, a major lesson that I feel like we've learned over and over and learned it unintentionally and then now more consciously know of it is that, like, a lot of times you just have to, like, there's a point when you have to go for it and trusting that, like, uh, knowing that you're kind of naive about it and that, like, you're, you know, going to make a lot of mistakes or whatever, but that you're not fully prepared. I guess that's what I'm getting at. With the knowledge that you're not fully prepared to go for something, doing it anyway, because You'll, you'll learn how to do it. There's things that you, there's no way you'll know how to do it until you're in it. So, like, right now, we're in the middle of the podcast, and because you jumped in, now you're realizing a little bit more of the flow it's supposed to go. Right. And then, but you'll have, 
that's going to be okay for this one because it's going to make it organic and cool. Right. And it's going to be okay for future ones because they'll be a little bit slicker and, and easier to do. Sure. You know? Uh, I mean, that that's how we hire our... you you In a store, you have your specific job. Okay, there's 300 employees out there, which... Is hard. Is to this wrap. guy out there with a golf club? One of them? No, that's Monsu. He <laughs> owns Burger Techs, and he practices his golf swing in front of my car, uh, yeah. in in the in the mirrored window with his head up, which is the one thing you're not supposed to do when you're swinging a golf club. All right, that's a wrap on part one. Part two next week. Thank you very much for downloading or listening or streaming or whatever you do. I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Employees, what do you want to hear about? Who do you want to talk to? Do you want to be interviewed? Let me know. General public, you too. What do you want to hear? What questions do you have about running a restaurant in Austin? Podcast at Index Austin, I-N-D-E-X-A-U-S-T-I-N.com. Let me know. My name's JD. Thank you very much. Order pizza this weekend, please. And go to the grocery store and pick up some hummus and whatnot. Obviously, I was not able to get it to 25 minutes. This is the edit section. There are three songs on the full-service record named after people. This one you're hearing in the background is Phil Collins. Phil Collins thought he was at the last stand at the Alamo, which is really interesting. It's a fantastic story if you can drag it up. And that's it. This is Goodbye For Real. I really appreciate you guys listening. Turn it around, just turn it around. Walk.